Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You are now listening to... Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast, Week 12 edition. Happy Thursday to you out there listening to us. Thanks for joining. I am Alex Shane here, as always, and my good buddy Rich Hill, getting to, ready to break down all the things that will be taking place this week in the NFL. A lot of good games in the dock, and I'm excited about this weekend especially. But first off, Rich Hill, it's been a whopping two days since I talked to you. How are you doing? Oh, I am doing well, ready for this final stretch of the 2019 NFL season. And you're right, there are, there are some good games going on because we know which teams are good and uh the nfl's kind of shuffling the schedule to make sure that we only get to see the good ones so i'm not going <laughs> to complain about that uh yeah so there are some really good games uh not going to talk about this one too much because it isn't particularly uh important for the patriots from a one-on-one standpoint but packers at 49ers sunday night yeah. football that has got to be and, you know, I'm going to guess that that's going to be the best game of the year, similar to last year's game uh, between the Rams and the Chiefs. I'm going to say that this Packers 49ers game is going to be the game of the season. That's a bold statement, Rich Hill. I'll see if it pays off for you. I mean, I got to love it. Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo, two of the hotter quarterbacks. Uh, people love them some Aaron Rodgers, and Jimmy Garoppolo is doing great things out there in San Francisco. Hopefully Jimmy G continues the win streak. Love that guy. But, yeah, we should probably take too much time on that one because it doesn't really affect the Patriots at all. Uh, a game that does affect the Patriots, though, or could affect the Patriots, depending on how it shakes out, is tonight's game, Colts at Texans. The AFC South is a very hot race right now. The Colts are currently leading that race. I think they're the three seed at the moment, unless I am incorrect. Um, Texans kind of need this game. Just got banged up by the Ravens. How do you see this game going, Rich? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, it's going to be taking place in Houston, so of course you got to give the Texans a little bit of an advantage. But you got Jacoby Brissett back in the saddle for Indianapolis and the Colts. It's going to be a close one. I really like Jacoby Brissett and his chances of being able to knock off the Texans because uh, this Texans team, as you said, has been very iffy. I would expect that they're going to continue to reel a little bit with the loss of J.J. Watt on defense and on offense. Uh, they're going to be fine. And, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, in my mind, top three wide receiver in the entire league. Deshaun Watson, top ten quarterback, rising. He's going to be even better and better over the next couple of years. And then you got the Colts. You got the a Colts that is like a fundamentally sound team. So the team with the higher high is the Texans. Team with the lower low is also the Texans. The Colts are going to find their way in the middle. So uh, it's going to be a close one. It's going to be a close one. And I don't 
think that uh, it should be too much of a surprise if the Colts manage to win this one on the road. It's funny, man. I'm looking at this whole slate of games for Week 12, and there are a lot of games where I want to make a prediction but can so easily see it going either way, and that's one of them. I think the Colts take this one too, but who the heck knows, and uh, I'll be curious to watch it tonight. One of the few Thursday night games I'll have on in the background while I'm doing stuff around the house. I refuse to watch the games out of principle because it's a crappy <laughs> product, but I'll have it on at least. Um I want to talk about Dolphins-Browns so bad, Rich, because I feel like that's a must-watch game for so many reasons, but I feel like we're pressed for time. There are other games I want to get to, and they're a little more important from the Patriots' perspective. One game I cannot make heads or tails of based on how they played last weekend. Both of them did. The Broncos at the Buffalo Bills. The Broncos almost beat the Vikings somehow. The Bills won again, but as expected, it was the Dolphins. Bills take the Broncos out, or do the Broncos come to Buffalo and win? Yeah, I, I would not be shocked if the Bills won this one. Uh, I'm not going to think it's going to be comfortable because I don't trust their offense to do anything comfortably. Uh, but the Bills have a better team. They have a better offense, or I guess maybe they have a better defense, which is a lot to say because this is still a very good Broncos defense. But the Bills have a great defense. And then both of their offenses are pretty meh. But I will give the edge to Josh Allen being able to run the ball at home. Uh, and maybe throw the ball to John Brown here and there over the the Broncos and whoever there is at quarterback. Like they, I mean, they can switch with whatever they want to do. I don't know who's going to be their quarterback. Then uh, them going on the road and beating Buffalo. So I would project the Bills to continue their miracle season and move on to to eight and three. And uh, I'm saying this because I actually just fingers crossed hope that they have a typical Browns performance and lose this game in a head scratcher. Classic real hill, rich hill, double jinx. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, last <laughs> game before we get to the Cowboys Patriots, I'll talk about the Monday night game. The Ravens, who look unstoppable as of late, hung 37 on the Patriots, hung 41 on the Texans, I believe. Going to Los Angeles, take on the Rams, cross-country tip trip. The Rams have not been the same team as they were last year. Jared Goff and Sean McVay were everybody's darlings, and now they're just kind of come back to earth. Are the Rams a team to give the Ravens a fight, or is Baltimore coming to dominate this one too? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so this is a, a Rams team that has not been playing well on offense. They have a weak offensive line, and as a result, there hasn't been a lot of time for the rest of the plays to develop, and there isn't really a cavalry coming around the corner. But they have uh, Cooper Cup, who is doing a great job at – uh, wide receiver this year they have uh, Brandon Cooks who's been limited with a concussion but he's been having you know his typical solid on pace for a thousand yard year uh, Todd Gurley it's continued to be you know an asset and I think that they're relying on him more and more late in the season and then their defense is outstanding uh, they had a really bad couple of weeks against the Buccaneers and Seahawks but outside of that they've done pretty well uh, 10 points on the road against the Falcons uh, seven points against a Bears team that no one's going to consider to be great, but that means that the Rams went out and did their job. Can this team be the one to stop Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens? You know, if I had to choose one defensive coordinator in the league to do it outside of Bill Belichick, and Belichick didn't really do it, it would be Wade <laughs> Phillips. It would be Wade Phillips. Yeah. Wade Phillips has so much experience. He's seen literally every single offense on any side of the sun. And so if there's a team that could find a blueprint to stifle Lamar Jackson, 
I think it could be this Rams team. I don't expect the Rams to win because I don't trust Jared Goff or the offense, but I expect the Rams to hold the Baltimore Ravens offense to a lower production level than at any other point this year. And it'll allow other teams to have some opportunities on film to see uh, creative ways at which they can stop this Ravens team. I still cannot, for the life of me, figure out how the hell the Browns beat the Ravens so badly earlier this year. <laughs> it just makes no sense to me. Uh, speaking of no sense and things that make no sense, the Dallas Cowboys are a team that make no sense, Rich Hill. It seems that they lose games they should win. Maybe they win games they should lose. They lost to the Jets. They blew the Eagles out. They're really good on paper. Record not so much. It's been a while since these two teams played. It was in Dallas the last time these teams played in 2015. I think that was the Deion Lewis juke out the entire defense game. Early thoughts on this game, Rich. Are you feeling confident? Are you feeling bad? Are you feeling good? I think this is an important game for the Patriots because if they can win against the Cowboys, it gives them a nice cushion on the Texans and the Chiefs come after them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the biggest thing in the Patriots' favor is that this is at home in Gillette. So I feel far more confident about New England's potential there than I would if this game was down in Arlington in Texas. So this is a Texas, uh, this is a Dallas Cowboys team that you said is kind of confounding. They have all of the talent in the world. You're not going to find a more talented offensive line. Their uh, running back, Ezekiel Elliott, is you know one of the top three running backs in the entire league. They have a very solid top trio of wide receivers in Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and Randall Cobb. Uh, Gallup has finally returned. He's been healthy. Amari Cooper has been a little bit limited, but, you know, they're all available. So you have those three guys. Uh, they're a really well utilized by Kellen Moore, their offensive coordinator, former Boise State guy. And then uh, Jason Witten will forever and always be available on third and long right at the sticks. So they have a lot of potential and ability on offense, and they're producing. They lead the league in yards. They're fourth in points scored. Uh, they have, uh, you know, I didn't even talk about this, Dak Prescott, who is a top three quarterback right now, playing out of his mind. This is going to be a great matchup for the Patriots' defense. It really is. I mean, the Patriots' defense came off a pretty rough Baltimore game, got it back together against the Eagles, are now staying in the NFC East. But again, like as you mentioned, there's just so much talent on this Cowboys offensive roster. It kind of boggles your mind they're not better in terms of their record. Zeke didn't run the ball that well last week, but they still got the win. That's all that really matters. I'm very curious your thoughts, Rich, as to how you are going to match up the weapons of the Cowboys against the defense of the Patriots. This is kind of a strength versus strength here. Is Gilmore going to take who? Who you got? Michael Gallup? Amari Cooper? I guess Amari Cooper is kind of your, your easy answer, but it's the kind of situation where you put Gilmore on Gallup and get Jason McCourty and maybe the McCourty twins on Cooper over the top. How are you mashing these guys up? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I mean, I think from what we've seen, how the Patriots have utilized and deployed Stephon Gilmore this year, I would say that the expectation should be Gilmore on Cooper. Gilmore has risen to the occasion every single time this year, and maybe they'll mix it up, but I would expect him to be the predominant coverage responsibility for Amari Cooper, and that means that other players are going to have to step up as well. Uh, in my mind, I am going to put Jason McCourty on Randall Cobb, who is their slot receiver, playing in and out. He's having a bit of a resurgence with the, the Dallas Cowboys. He has 506 yards from scrimmage. They're finding good ways to scheme him to get open. So McCourty will have his hands full. And then you have Michael Gallup. I think I would put uh, J.C. Jackson in coverage of him uh, or potentially Jonathan Jones. But I, I think that Michael Gallup 
it's kind of a deep ball threat, and I like Jace, uh, uh, J.C. Jackson's ability to defend the deep ball, so I, I would expect that matchup. Uh, with those three, when it comes to the rest of the team, I feel like it's a pretty standard. Uh, Patrick Chung, if he's available, will get Jason Witten. If not, Terrence Brooks will get the responsibility. I would have uh, Devin McCourty, Jerron Harmon deep over the top, make sure that there are no big plays available. But this is pretty much a, a standard head-on-head sort of lineup that the Patriots match up well against this Cowboys team. Uh, but it just really comes down to, in my head, the, the matchup in the trenches. And so that's why my defensive X Factor is going to be Danny Shelton, who's coming off of a great game against the Philadelphia Eagles, where he matched up extraordinarily well against right guard Brandon Brooks, and he'll have his hands full again against this really, really good Dallas Cowboys offensive line. And if I am Kellen Moore, and if I am the Dallas Cowboys, I'm looking at this matchup and saying, uh, I want to run the ball against you guys. I don't want to throw into the teeth of the secondary. I'm going to challenge this defensive line of the Patriots, try to control the clock, maybe potentially open up the play-action pass down the road, but first and foremost, run, run, run. And so Danny Shelton is going to have a big task ahead of him trying to stop this Dallas Cowboys offensive line from creating any momentum and openings. You know, it's funny. We've talked about the run game defending the run game a couple times on these podcasts and how it is kind of a weakness, the interior pressure that the offensive line should generate. And, and see, you see it with Miles, uh, Miles Garrett, excuse me, Nick Chubb and Ingram last week against the Eagles. And it's true. Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott are the beating heart of this Dallas Cowboys offense. And if Zeke can get running early, didn't have a great game last week, but looks to bounce back this week. Uh, can cause for a long day for the Patriots. Uh, but speaking of running, we didn't really talk about Dak Prescott. As a mobile quarterback, we saw what Lamar Jackson did to this Patriots team a couple of weeks ago. I don't think they're on the same level in terms of athleticism and skill set and abilities as a runner. But D, uh, Dak Prescott's a very dangerous, dangerous quarterback. So how are you mitigating that threat on the bootleg, on the naked run, on the RPO? Who's your guy to kind of – is it Jamie Collins? Is it a Dante Hightower kind of responsibility? Maybe John Simon as a gap guy? What's your, what's your thoughts on keeping Dak Prescott in the pocket? Yeah, I think this is going to be a big team endeavor for the Patriots defensive front because I don't think they have the the numbers at this point uh, just because of how much resources they have to dedicate to defending these Cowboys wide receivers. I don't think the Patriots have the ability to say you one person is going to be responsible for spying Dak Prescott. And I honestly don't think that there is as much of a need as there was with Lamar Jackson, not to say that. Dak Prescott is not mobile, you know, averaging like 20 yards a game on the ground, has three rushing touchdowns. He can do it. He can get out of the pocket. And so I would expect the Patriots to say, uh, we're going to maybe forego some of our pass rush and instead do some of that mush rush, make sure that maybe uh, Jason Witten or Ezekiel Elliott cannot leak out into the open field and uh, just try to ensure that the gap integrity of that defensive front is secure and just kind of squeeze Dak Prescott, make sure he stays in the pocket and uh, not just give him any channels at which he can escape. Yeah, that's why I'm doing the combination of John Simon and Kyle Van Noy as my X factors. I kind of want them bookending the line in the linebacker spot to do the, I mean, I guess the, whatever the linebacker version of the RPO is, you kind of read and judge based on what they're doing offensively and, and collapse a pocket that way. I think if Dak can stay in the pocket, the interior pressure with your guy, Danny Shelton, will make it hard for him to step up. And if he can't get to the outside via Van Noy and or Simon, 
should make it a lot easier for the Patriots to cover. Because I do think that hat on a hat, we talked the secondary matchup. I think the Patriots win that battle. It might be a little closer than weeks past, but I think there's more talent in the Patriots secondary versus Dallas wide receivers. So if they can keep that pocket uh, dirty and make sure Dak can't bootleg out to the side, should be a pretty long day for the Cowboys offense. Um, Unfortunately, long days for the offense are what we're becoming well-versed in here in Patriot Nation. And looking at this Cowboys defensive roster, Rich, up against a Patriots offensive roster, which kind of stinks right now. Uh, Maybe that stinks, but they're not great right now. On paper, at least, the edge definitely goes to Dallas here. A lot of talent on the front line, a talented secondary, okay safeties, good linebackers. If you are the Patriots and Josh McDaniels and you're coming off a, another mediocre performance against a inferior Philadelphia defense, in my opinion, what are you looking to do against the Cowboys and how do you right the ship? Yeah, it's, it's very difficult because this is a solid Cowboys team front to back on that defense. You know, they rank top 10 in yards allowed, top 10 in points allowed. Uh, they, they rank sixth in uh, passing defense in their net yards per attempt. So they have a good secondary. They are pretty stout up front. I really like their defensive front with Robert Quinn, uh, Leighton Vander Esch. Uh, you add in uh, Jalen Smith and uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Then Malik Collins, I think, is an underrated defensive tackle. They have a lot of uh, of ability up front. Didn't even mention Sean Lee, who's their third linebacker. They have a lot of ability up front to stop the run and to generate pressure. Uh, you just have to think that there might not be as good as that Philadelphia Eagles front. And hopefully that will allow other players to get open down the field. Because if I'm looking at the weakness of this Cowboys defense, it's going to be coverage up the seams and throwing passes up the middle of the field. Because Byron Jones is a great cornerback on the outside. You don't want to challenge him too much. But outside of that, uh, I feel like the Patriots should technically have the advantage uh, against all of the other defensive backs of the Cowboys. And not saying that they're bad, but I expect the, the Patriots should have the opportunity to fare well against them. I think that Nikhil Harry will be a little bit more involved in his second game. I think Elman will continue to be his reliable self. I think we'll see more James White involvement than we have in recent weeks I, I don't think that he has been as productive as they need him to be uh through no fault of his own but just due to responsibility and game script and uh i think my x factor for this patriots offense is actually going to be muhammad sanu because mm. he you know tweaked his ankle a little bit against the eagles hope that he should be fine uh he's been a little banged up but i expect that with all the time in the system, he's going to finally emerge as that Tom Brady's number two target behind Julian Edelman. Uh, I expect that Mohamed Sanu should be available to capitalize on opportunities in the middle of the field, down the seam with some positive matchups. And with Nikhil Harry or Philip Dorsett on the outside drawing away some attention, I can see there being room to run for Sanu so he can flash off his hands and yards after catch. And I expect that the Patriots offense should get a little bit more on track this game. Especially since Rich Hill, Tom Brady is now going to have all day to throw back there with the return of Isaiah Wynn. The savior returns. All is going to be well with this guy, right? <laughs> the left tackle is back. It's all we've been waiting for. Everything that's gone wrong with the offense at this point is completely because he was out. And now that he's going to be back, it's all going to be fine, right? Oh, that's it's how it's going to work. Yeah, absolutely. That's all, all right. that. That's all it was. You know, he's the band aid that makes everything work, Alec. 
<laughs> yeah, okay. All right, good. Thank goodness. I was worried about that. Hey, honestly, and this is going to be uh, maybe a cop-out, but based on recent performance, uh, based on how he conducted himself in the post-game press conference and interviews this week, uh, I'm going Tom Brady as my X factor. I think he knows he's not playing that well. I think he knows the offense is not living up to its potential and it's starting to piss him off a little bit. And nothing makes me happier than an angry Tom Brady. Um, as long as he can rally the troops and get himself back to where he knows he can be. I think this is a great chance for a bounce back game from Tom Brady. Uh, usually when they're kind of despondent and upset with how they performed, it's usually in a loss. So maybe that's something to do with it. But I think this is a good chance for Tommy B to put up 300 yards, a couple of touchdowns, and and really remind the league that he's still here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he has not been producing well this season. Uh, right now he has thrown a touchdown on 3.5% uh, of his pass attempts, which, uh, checking my notes, is the lowest of his entire career. Uh, it's the only season he has below 4%. That was 2013 at 4%. So 2019 has not been kind to Tom Brady. Uh, I expect that maybe not like a full eruption against this Cowboys defense, which is pretty talented, but it, he's due, right? Tom Brady is due to have a solid day because I don't think he's bad. I just think that there hasn't been enough opportunities for this offense to produce. You know, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe it is just Isaiah Wynn. He's just been what yeah, the Patriots have been it. missing this entire time. Yep. Isaiah Wynn is back. Offensive line's fine. The run game opens up. The play action opens up. The receivers open up. Everything is completely dependent upon Isaiah Wynn. And now that he's back and healthy, all is right with the world, Rich. Totally. That's how it's going to work because we're patient fans and we are delusional sometimes. So I'm just going to ride this one out. Uh, I think that is all I have to cover with this game. Unless you want to talk about something else, you get the predictions. Yeah, let's go to predictions. All right, let's see. So last week you had Philadelphia losing 13 to 31. I had the Patriots winning 27 to 16. We both grossly overshot offensive production, but I grossly overshot it a little bit less than you. So I will take my win there gladly. <laughs> Patriots versus Cowboys. All right, so Patriots are at home. If this game was in Dallas, it might be a little closer or more easy or more difficult, I should say, to pick. I think the Patriots win this one. I think they realize that these home games are ones they have to win. They have a couple tough ones coming up, especially going to uh, Houston the week after and Kansas City coming to town. I think this is a game they see as very winnable. Even though it's a non-conference game, it'll be put them into 10 wins, which will put them almost a lock for the AFC East. I think the Patriots win this one with a better offensive performance than we had against the Eagles, 24-16. to Ooh, I like that. Okay, Uh I think that it will also be a close game. Uh, I like your enthusiasm and hope with this offense putting up 28 points. Uh, I said 24 points, Rich. 24 uh, points. Not so you said 28 points. points. You? you said 28 points. And so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it should be a pretty good game. Uh, I'm just thinking with this Cowboys team on the road, I don't know how much I trust this Patriots offense. But I can't see the Patriots losing at Gillette, right? I feel like that's been the one thing that you can count on with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady is that the Patriots don't lose at home. They they rarely, rarely lose in New England, and I don't see it happening. Uh, and you said 28 points for the Cowboys is what uh, so I'm going to undershoot it. it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the Patriots defense will continue to do as well as they have, but I have to give some respect to this Cowboys team that has a lot of potential up front. And I think my prediction will be a Patriots victory uh, 28 
uh, to to something like 14, 28 to 14. But uh, part of it will be because the Patriots' defense manages to to score yet again. Ooh, another Patriot special teams defensive touchdown. I like it. We were woefully absent that last week. We didn't get any of those turnovers, but that's okay. They're due for one. It's been weeks since they scored a defensive <laughs> touchdown. We can't be having that. I like 28-14 too because that means there'll be no field goals. So I don't have to worry about Nick Folk coming on out there because even though he's playing well, it still makes me nervous. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And so uh, I, I do think that he's been like – better than the other kickers that they've had, but it's been a very, very small sample size. So I'm not going to, uh, you know, be like, Oh yeah, we got vintage Goskowski out there. Um, but yeah. So Alec, my last question for you on this podcast, how are the Patriots defense or special teams going to score this week? I think it's time for what almost happened last. I know I'd like, I'm going to, I was going to say, or a scoop and score fumble. We've already seen that. We've seen the pick six. We've seen a short pick six. We've seen a long pick six. We have not seen a weird, ridiculous, windy 85-yard pick six where he cuts back across the field and he gets some blocks and he cuts back the other way. I want a really long, windy pick six from Deron Harmon this week. That's what I want to see happen. A really deep pass. Our Deron Harmon picks it off, takes it to the house, having run like 200 yards in and out of defenders. Oh, I like it. And if it's Deron Harmon, then that play is going to happen in the final two minutes of the game. Of course. So that will be lovely to see. You know, maybe Dak Prescott's in the red zone. We're leading that two-minute drill. And uh, Deron Harmon ends it. I would love to see that happen. Uh, my Patriots defensive special teams touchdown of the week prediction, uh, you predicted this last week, I believe, uh, was a Gunnar Olszewski punt return. For yeah. a touchdown. Uh, Olszewski was hurt, so he ended up not playing, but that was like a, a late prognosis. Um, I think that there's going to be a return touchdown this week. I, I think that the Patriots are overdue here. And the Dallas Cowboys special teams unit is atrocious. They are very, very bad. Uh, whether it's a lot of missed field goals or just poor coverage or just allowing big returns, I expect that the Patriots will be able to earn a lot of those hidden yardage plays against this Cowboys team. And uh, whether it's Olszewski, whether it might even be Brandon Bolden, I think he's due to have a big bust-out one. I think that the Patriots will have a big return for a touchdown. I'm going to go with uh, Mohamed Sanu, though, out of those, uh, not the two that I mentioned. I expect Mohamed Sanu to be out there for the punt return. He'll get things going. He'll add to his already quality production on offense that I'm predicting him to have as my offensive X factor. And he'll add in another score on special teams. Wow, that's a lot of bold predictions, Rich, and I love it. Here's hoping. Oh, absolutely. Well... We'll get to see how all of this plays out uh, on Sunday, the 24th at 4.25 p.m. Alec, do you have any final thoughts on week 12 of the NFL season? The good news is it's almost Thanksgiving, Rich. Oh, absolutely. Best holiday of the year, man. Best holiday. Yeah. Well, all right. Until next time, Alec, enjoy the football, and you have a good one. You too, buddy. Later, man.